Good morning, and peace be with you. And boy, is it nice to have you back, Diane. Welcome back. Thank you. What beautiful music. Um, I have some announcements this morning, and the first one that I want to uh, make you aware of is that um, the Bible study for Tuesday um, is going to be canceled. Um, we're expecting... I do say I'm um a lot, don't I, honey? Okay. <clears throat> the Bible study on Tuesday will be canceled because of a impending storm that is coming. And so we thought the consensus was that it would be the better part of valor being discretion to call it off because there is a so-called uh, atmospheric river, I think is the new word, sounds kind of scary, uh, on Tuesday, I said uh, again, and so we're gonna we're gonna cancel it. I would love to have you here. I will be here. I would love to have you here, but I want you safe, and I don't think that it's much fun to be driving out in the rain. And so I don't want to put any kind of pressure that you would be here. Plus, it makes it a little more difficult to serve food with all the rain. And you know, do, I know we don't have to build an ark, but we'll just uh, postpone it. And I apologize. Uh, to all who uh, would that would disappoint. I will be here if you want to come by and visit, and we can we can do a study in my office or or something like that. But the uh, formal organized Bible study will not happen this Tuesday. Also, we uh, had just a a lovely uh, celebration of life um, for for Larry, and I see Carol's here today, and um, thank you. What a powerful witness. Love and Christ in a home uh, was given uh, through your family, and um, thank you for letting uh, me and, and the church be a part of that celebration of, of Larry. Uh, you have much to be thankful for and proud of. What a family. So thank you, Carol. So good to see you today. Uh, Ashley continues to need prayer. She's not feeling great, and so uh, I think uh, she's a little doing a little bit better, getting a little more rest, but uh, this one is hanging on to her, so please lift her up in, in your prayers. We have in the Narthex these. These are daily devotions for the period of Lent. I encourage you to pick one up. Um, they do a pretty good job on this, so please uh, grab one of these. And as always, these are excellent, the portals of prayer. And I think I've shared this with you. However, sometimes with the older ones that are like a month uh, old or something like that, or if you had an extra one of these, um, who goes to doctor's appointments? Raise your hand. Anyone have, you know, okay, everyone. Um, if you had like an extra one of these or an expired or one of these, why don't you put it in your purse or your back pocket and when you're in the doctor's office, maybe you kind of leave it on the table there like that. And we called that back in the day guerrilla marketing. And uh, it's, it is sometimes effective. And I would encourage you to leave that because you never know who's going to pick it up and maybe catch a little kernel of hope through that. So that's about all I have. Does anyone have anything that I've missed or glaring? that uh, this uh, Saturday is a memorial service for uh, our uh, departed, beloved departed, Jerry Buchanan. It is uh, next Saturday at 11 a.m. And I think that 
takes care of everything. So with that, we'll take it away. Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, 
most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, first we'll go, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Kind of cool out there. Got to warm myself up a little bit before I start talking. Good morning. The first reading today is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, starting at verse 1 through 18. Found in the Pew Bible on page 31. Here's what it says. Sometime later, God tested Abram. He said to him, Abram, here I am, he replied. And God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abram got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to Father Abraham, Father, Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar, and the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. 
Abram looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from the heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars. In the sky and as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Please join me now when we read Psalm 25. We'll be going through verses one through 10 responsively, printed on your bulletin. That would be on page six, Psalm 25. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but the shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercies, love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good is upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his way. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord, the loving, faithful, to those who keep the demands of his covenant. The next reading is taken from the book of James. That will be in chapter 1, verse 12 through 18. This can be found on your page 1880 in the Pew Bible in front of you. James 1, 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after 
Desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. gospel according to St. Mark from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Mark chapter 1 verses 9 through 15. And uh, it can be found on page 1552 in your pew Bible. Mark records, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at once... The Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. And after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Our lives are, are full of trials, aren't they? Anyone not have any trials going on in their lives right now or any, any other time? I've, I've seen like, <laughs> yeah. Trial can come in the form of, let's say, the economy. It goes south. And our life savings and investments are suddenly decimated. Or our children, 
They grow up and start a life on their own. Maybe we wonder if they will make it. People that we love get sick. People that we love get injured. People we love die. And we get sick sometimes and injured. And one day, we too, all of us, will face death. Life is full of trials. Some say growing old is not for the weak or faint of heart. And I have a friend here in this church, and she says, growing old is not for sissies. Today's readings from the Bible talk about trials. In the epistle of James, it begins with this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. And then the Old Testament lesson is the story of that incredible trial that God gave to Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was to sacrifice his very own son. And the gospel tells of the trial of Jesus as he withstood the tempter's full power for 40 days. So today's readings are full of trials. Trials are as old as Eden. You know, God warned Adam and Eve in Genesis 2. He said, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we know that Adam and Eve ate. And we've been dying ever since. And while we wait for death, our lives are full of trials. Now, <laughs> Avery, <laughs> I'm so glad she's here. It's just such a beautiful reminder of life. <laughs> Love you, little girl. Now, even though we continuously bring trials into this world with our sin, God is able to transform these trials into experiences that prove our faith. So instead of destroying us, these trials become like the fire that purifies gold or some other precious metal. They are like the physical training that breaks down the muscle so that it can grow back stronger the author of the epistle to the Hebrews, he put it this way in Hebrews 12. He said, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? For the moment, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later... It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained 
by it. So there are two kinds of trials. There are direct attacks from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. And then, or there are trials that God uses to test and to strengthen our faith. Today's Old Testament lesson is an excellent example of the kind of trial that builds up. Put yourselves in Abraham's shoes just for a little bit. Let's just say that you have trusted God with your whole being. And God has been gracious, and he has given to you a son, a miracle, a miracle child, really, a miracle child given at the ripe old age of 100. Now, imagine that God appears to you and he says this. He says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God has asked you to give your miracle child back to him. And even the way God asks you, uh, it reminds you of this child's place in your life. He's your son, your only son, Isaac, the one whom you love. How many of you would pass that trial? Yet, we read that Abraham's obedience, it was immediate. Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him and his only son, Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. No second guessing, no questions, no delays, just obedience. How? How could Abraham do this? Well, the author of the epistle letter to the Hebrews has the answer. In Hebrews 11, he says this, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And the key to Abraham's, Abraham's obedience is that the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, the gift of faith, a faith in the resurrection of the dead that was his in God's promise of the Messiah. And it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through him could 
Abraham even consider such a sacrifice? It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that he could make this trial, make Abraham's faith even stronger. Now, on the other hand, the trial in this morning's gospel is an example of the temptation that seduces us in sin. And in this case, the devil attacked Jesus directly for 40 days. Now, we have a special promise from God when we fall prey to such temptation. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write in 1 Corinthians 10 that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God has promised that even when the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature tempt us to sin, he will not allow the temptation to overwhelm us. Instead, he limits the power of the temptation, and he gives us a way to endure it and eventually escape from it. And in spite of this, we still sin every day. Now, the exact opposite is true when we apply Paul's words to Jesus. Listen to me. Since Jesus' ability to resist temptation has no limit, God placed no limit on the devil's power. This means that Jesus endured the full extent of the devil's tempting ability that Jesus endured everything that the devil could throw at him. And in spite of this, Jesus never sinned. And that is why the author to the Hebrews could say in Hebrews 2, because Jesus himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He could also say in Hebrews 4, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. Jesus' temptation is one more way that Jesus shows us that he is our true substitute. He is our true propitiation. Jesus had to become our substitute so that he could clean up the mess that we made. He substitutes his, his perfection for our sin, his innocence for our guilt, his virtue for our depravity. He substitutes himself as the target of God's wrath so that we can be the target of God's incredible grace. 
He suffered. He suffered hell so that we can experience heaven. He makes all the bad stuff that is our credit and credits it to himself. And at the same time, he takes all the good stuff that is to his credit and he credits it to us. The temptation that we heard about in today's gospel is not the end of the devil's attack against Jesus. For we know that even at the end, Satan continued to attack. You know, even as Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me, in Matthew 27, Matthew records, those who passed by derided him. They wagged their fingers and said this to him, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. And so also we read that the chief priests, the scribes and elders, they mocked our Lord on the cross. They said this, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from that cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And we also read that the robbers, the thieves that were crucified with him, also reviled him in the same way. And even as Jesus was dying on the cross for the sins of the entire world, the passers-by, the temple authorities, and even his fellow victims were the devil's agents. They all tempted him. They tempted him to give up the shame, to give up the pain and the death. And right up to the end, the devil tried to get Jesus to commit that one sin that would cancel out everything Jesus ever did. The devil never surrendered. But in the end, he was totally defeated. Jesus never sinned. The most startling proof of this happened a few days after Jesus died on the cross. The tomb where they laid his lifeless body was empty. He was not there. He had risen. And if he were guilty of even one sin, we would be able to visit the remains of Jesus to this very day. But we can't, because he isn't in the grave. He is alive again. He has lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and risen to certify his per perfect victory over sin, death, and the devil. And his victory becomes our victory. The gospel for the beginning of Lent, it teaches us that Christ is indeed holy and righteous 
and that he rejected all temptation. And at the end of Lent, we will remember that he became full of sin, but not his sin. He became full of our sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of the entire world. And as we remember the cross, we will remember that our sin filled him as he suffered and he died to pay the penalty that God's justice demanded, a payment that freed us from our slavery to sin. And we will remember that God saw him as a sinner so that he can see us as righteous. Now that righteousness is ours through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, the faith that the Holy Spirit creates and supports through the preaching of Christ's message. As the one who conquered Satan, our Savior Jesus Christ proclaims the gospel and he says this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, in the midst of this life, we are beset by many temptations. Fix our eyes on our Lord Jesus, who bore temptation for us and resisted to the point of death and bring us through the evils of this fallen world to dwell with you forever. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you place the wood of the cross on the back of your only begotten Son, that as the promised offspring of Abraham, he might possess the gates of hell. Bless, we pray, his church, and all those called to preach and teach within her. Give them certainty that hell cannot prevail against them, and so embolden them in faith to trample every power of the enemy underfoot. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, preserve all catechumens and their teachers, all children, and their parents, and every Christian home from the assaults of the evil one. As your son overcame Satan in the desert by the word of God, so also give us the victory through Christ and his word. Lord, in your mercy, Father of lights, from whom every good and perfect gift comes down to us from above, Keep us from being enticed by our own desires to misuse your gifts. Help us. Use them rightly in service to you and our neighbor. Bless Joseph and all of our leaders that we may be governed wisely and justly for the good of this present generation and those to come. Lord, in your mercy, most high God, our refuge in every trouble, you have promised to hear when we call to you. Command your angels to guard our brothers and sisters and all who suffer in our midst. Those who we speak of in our hearts and those that we speak of out loud at this very time.
keep them from every evil that can befall the body, mind, or soul. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, the time is fulfilled and your kingdom is at hand as your beloved Son comes to us here at the altar. By your Spirit, grant that we receive him in repentance and believe the gospel proclaimed in his body given and his blood shed for us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, see how the adversary continually afflicts us and walks about as a roaring lion seeking to devour us. We implore you, for the sake of the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, to help us by the grace of the Holy Spirit and to strengthen our hearts by your word that our enemy would not prevail over us, but instead that we may abide evermore in your grace and be preserved to life everlasting through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I guess now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. I got ahead of myself. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, renew our zeal in faith and life, and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. I uh, have the hymn, Jesus paid it all, all to him I own. Oh, sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Uh, been, that's been going through my, my mind uh, all week and all today through this. He did it gladly. And the and the trials that we have are not uncommon to anyone else. And that may or may not be a comfort to you, but what can and should be a comfort is that they're not uncommon or unknown by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who bore through all that we have and more, and yet he still sinned. And the grace that he gives us through the Holy Spirit to complete that faith helps us. And even though we still sin, we come to him to this altar to seek forgiveness, to receive his grace through his body and his blood for all who should believe. 
May this comfort you and may it cover you in his grace. And if that is your faith, that is your confession, then come, the table is prepared.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.